0: Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the tree of life church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen. Turn to Genesis three for me. So we're kicking off a new series. I wanted to hurry and get back. Um Pastor Jeffs wanted me to stay for the anniversary. I said two things. I said, man, I've been out for a while. I can't wait to be, get back in the pulpit. I want to kick off a series. And I wanted to celebrate my birthday with all of you. <laughs> and uh, so he goes, all right, I get it. And so I had something in my heart rolling around for a little while. And I just needed a couple of weeks to really get something out to you guys. And so we're kicking off a series called What's on Your Mind. Now I never really feel like I land well on titles or anything, so as you come and be up, as you're coming and being a part of this or if you're online with us for the, the series, I really felt it was important for us to address where a real battle is most of the time. That's in our mind. Our biggest battle is in our mind, the battlefield of the mind, right? I would encourage you. Joyce Meyer has amazing information. She has amazing messages, books on the battlefield of the mind. There's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of material out there for sure. And I've, I've done a lot in studying over the years and for myself, just for myself, honestly, because I battle with it as well as you do. And there's a lot of things, honestly, that happen just scientifically. So I, I won't probably get into a lot of that. I mean, the next few weeks, bring some of that in just again to see how this really works. This isn't just some concept out of the Bible or whatever, but you know that the truth is, the Bible is the truth. It would be enough just to preach off that, but science proves the Bible. And uh, so not that it needs it, but it does. People think science disproves it, but they always come back around to saying that the Bible is true. So um, the battle of the mind is really where we win and lose in life. And it's important. The enemy knows that. The enemy knows if he can get in your thought life, he can direct your life. In fact, what we understand, and what you can say this biblically, spiritually, uh, scientifically, uh, you, your life—you walk out your life following after your strongest thought. So, over your course of your life, whatever your strongest thought is—that recurring thought in your life—that's what eventually directs you and leads you, and you find yourself in that place, good or bad. And the truth is. After you think a thought, the more you think that thought, the easier it gets to think that thought. Did that make sense right there? Like, the more I thought something, no matter how bad or how good it is, the next time I think about it, it's easier, and the next time it's easier, because it creates things uh, in, in your mind, that the pathway, that it gets easier. And so we understand that. The enemy understands that. So he's trying to put thoughts in your mind all the time, because if he can get you to camp there and follow after your strongest thought, he, he can't defeat you, but he can distract you and the distracted ones are the defeated ones. The good news today and for the series is that we have already had the victory through Jesus Christ. So this isn't as much a message on, I love that it's Super, uh, Superhero Sunday coming up because I wanted to use this word. This isn't a message on how to get the superpowers to win the battle in your mind. This is a message on Jesus' victory <laughs> because we need to know that he already won the victory. And so it's important how we think about life because if we can think along the lines of the victory Jesus won for us, that can direct us in life. And so I want to set you up that way and want you to come back every week. We're going to take the whole month of November to walk this out a bit, and we'll just go as the Lord leads. But today, uh, I just simply entitled, now again, I'm terrible at titles of victory. You can come up with a better title, I'm sure, by the time we're done. Um, but I just want to encourage you that in the world that we live in today, it's crazy. Yeah. And anywhere you go, we have been in Mexico, and we've talked to friends in India, and Ukraine and all that, and we just think of how things are just happening in the world today. And I know that we live in a time that multimedia is feeding us. What is it feeding us? News? No. Fake news. No. I'm just. Kidding. You know, it's. It's really it's feeding us and depositing thoughts in our mind. Can we just say it that way? So whether you think that's fake news, real news, or whatever you subscribe to, listen to, you got to be careful what you allow in, because it gets into your thoughts. And so I'm just amazed at all the things I'm thinking. We're all disgusted when we see the news today and the hatred and the division and people calling, people in high political offices calling other people names because they don't think like they think. And it's just, you know, all that is, that's the enemy laughing and giving thoughts, whether it's true or not, thoughts are going to form in your mind and going to direct your life, going to direct your vote, going to direct, even the most bizarre things, if you feed on that for a while and you think that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. But if you keep thinking about it, you'll vote for it whatever that looks like. So we're living in a time where you hear words like inflation that create thoughts in your mind. You hear all kinds of things, all kinds of things. I don't want to get into political stuff, but nonetheless, you need to go out and vote. Let me say that Let me say that at least. If you have not already voted, you need to vote Tuesday at some point in time. If you don't vote, don't complain. So as a, not only as a citizen, but as a believer, we need to vote. So, and I would encourage you to vote as close to the Bible as you possibly can. And so that's important for us. So we're we're living in a time that our thoughts are just being bombarded, our minds being bombarded with things and information that if we allow them to stay a little while within us, they'll eventually uh, form pathways in our mind and all kinds of things that will lead us and guide us in directions. And um, the battle's won first in your mind, and the direction of your life follows your strongest thought. So think about where you are today and how you got there. How did you get there? Think about where you're looking at tomorrow and wonder how you'll get there or where you want to be. And, and has the enemy convinced you that you can't get from where you are to where you want to be? And a lot of times in life, we would all say yes to that. There's things that we have not achieved yet or have not fulfilled yet. And it's not because we're incapable. It's just because we don't think we can. Or someone maybe told us something that planted a seed that we can't. And so in this series, I want to help all of us understand that through Christ, you can move to a place of victory in your life. And the only way that'll happen is when you win the battle of your mind. And so we're gonna talk about victory in life. I entitled it victory and um, I just wanna encourage you today, we're not talking about like a moment or an event, like joking around the Astros, victory. We're not talking about just that moment or we're talking about your life. We're talking about victory over thoughts, victory over attitudes, victory over uh, things like your emotions and moving, uh, into the life that God has desire designed for you. And God wants you to know that you can live in victory and he's already made a place of victory and he's inviting you to that place with Him. And I wanna encourage you today that there is a victory we can walk in that's already been won by Jesus. And so victory really for you and I, if I could say it this way, for the context of the series, is about the state of your mind, not the state of your circumstances. So, so we need to clarify that, don't we? Because too many times we think of how the state of our circumstances determine victory in our life. Like let's just take like the Astros World Series. The state of their circumstances is they won and you may even feel like I'm not winning anything. But you know what, you are a winner if Jesus is the Savior and Lord, and the victory is the state of your mind, not the state of your circumstance. Where you are, or who's with you, or who's recognized anything, it's what you are thinking on in line and light with what Jesus has done for your life, and ultimately it will lead you to your place of victory, if you will. So because the enemy knows this, he focuses attack on your thought life. And if he has won the battle of your mind, he'll win the battle of your life. And understand this, he's defeated, And he cannot defeat or overcome you, but you can allow him to direct your thought life. And thereby, he can't defeat you, but he can distract and direct you. And if you'll follow along, you'll find that pathway of destruction, or you can find the pathway of victory, which already has been won by Jesus. You have to direct your thoughts. And that's what we're going to talk about. And it's easier said than done, I get it. So Genesis 3, 1 through 7, we're going to start here today. Let me read this for you. Uh, uh, We're after the creation story now. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Uh, God has given some instructions. You can eat of any tree you want, but don't eat of this tree. And so just saying that, right? just by him saying that, you know what's going to happen, right? If you're watching a movie, oh, I already know what's going to (laughs) happen. Somebody's going to eat that. (laughs) And so now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God made. Can I say this? The serpent is still more crafty than any of the animals, humans that have been made. So don't think you can go one on one with him, right? You can debate him, negotiate. He's been doing it forever. And so that's why you need to approach him the way he should be approached as a defeated enemy and from a place of victory and don't entertain thoughts or conversation with him. So he's pretty crafty, but he doesn't win. Uh, He said to the woman, did God really say, now listen how he directs, uh, how he talks to the woman. Did God really say, what's he doing? He's trying to direct her thoughts Because if he can direct her thoughts, if you think on it long enough, you'll act on it. He's not talking about, let's do this and let's do that. He's like, come on, did he really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? He's already starting to get her to question God. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden. She got it right. And you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Again, just, he's not trying to get her to eat. He's trying to get her to question her thoughts or thinking. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and for pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took of it and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together making clothes for themselves here's the story we all know the story what did the enemy do in the garden he didn't come up to eve and shove an apple in her face and say hey take a bite he started planting he planted a thought planted a seed there now here's the thing we don't know if that was like so we know the creation story was six days and god rested on the seventh day so here's what we think okay day eight adam and god went for a stroll maybe looking for a little bit of breakfast the enemy shows up about 8 15 right and then gets him by, by noon, they've already eaten the apple and it's all over by noon, right? We think down, but we don't know that to be true. The Bible doesn't say, you know, maybe, I'm going to plant a thought in your mind right now. Maybe this happened weeks later. Oh, maybe, maybe the enemy did come on the eighth day. The serpent came on the eighth day, but maybe it wasn't until day 20 that he took a bite. Maybe it was the next day. Maybe it was a week. Maybe all of a sudden he planted that thought and she's walking by that tree every day. It's like, man, you know what? That does look good. Why wouldn't God want to see you from that? What's he trying to hide from us? I mean, come on, Adam, can, can we really trust him? I mean, if what he says is true, and we don't know, I can't prove any of that, but maybe over a period of time, that seed that was planted in her mind, that she allowed to stay there, walking by and thinking about it, looking at it, and eventually your strongest thought will lead to your action. And so we see that from the beginning. And a seed or a thought was planted, and all of a sudden, at some point in time, she acted on it. The seed took hold, and she did what we all would do. She acted on what we had been thinking about. And so she took of it and, ate and died spiritually. I want to ask you this morning, what seed has the enemy planted in your life? Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you do. It's your strongest thought. That's what you were thinking about when you got out of bed this morning. And even though you're coming to church and you're sitting in praise and worship, you're thinking things like, I don't really deserve to be here. Or you're asking God for forgiveness for what you did and I keep doing this over and over again. And maybe not, but chances are that there's a thought that's a prevailing thought in our mind that if we think long enough, I don't think we'd have to think long that it would come up. What thought has been planted there now by the serpent, if I could say it that way, is that I can't or I'll never... There's a seed already planted in your mind that says, this isn't going to work for you. I don't even know why I'm coming here. I don't know if I should even sing. I'm not deserving of it. I'm not worthy of it. I just keep sinning. I just keep it. What is it? Is it, or is it thought like, this will help for a little bit, but I'll be right back where I was tomorrow. What is that in you? I've done this before. I've come on Sunday before, and then I'm wrecked. it doesn't last. I'm right back where I was. Has he planted negativity? Has he planted criticalness? You're not worthy. You're defeated. No one else really loves you. No one believes in you. You've always been this way. Is the thought occupying your mind right now? What's on your mind? See, the enemy knows the battle isn't going to be external, but internal. Because he knows externally he's been defeated. But internally, it's not anything he's doing. It's what you're giving place to. He knows that if the thought goes unchecked, it will eventually sink into your heart. That's why we, our life is always led in the direction of our strongest thought, because if it stays there long enough, it'll drop from here to here. And what does the Bible say? I'm glad that you asked that, because the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, does it say, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Because once it drops down long enough, it's, if it's living in you long enough, it'll drop down in your heart, and that's what you will walk out and what you'll become, and the enemy knows that. So let me give you an example that I love uh, Old Testament stories. I just love it in... Um, We've been there in the garden right now, but we look at uh, the children of Israel come out of captivity. God says, I've got the promised land for you. Moses sends 12 spies. You know the story. 10 come back with a bad report, two with a good report. They all saw the same things, but 10 are thinking differently than the two are thinking. Right? Just 10 people were thinking differently. They saw the same things. So they just had different thoughts. So the 10 come back, and what do they say? They say, well, you know what? Um, I think that when we're talking about this here with the enemy, um, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. remember that? They're like grass, we're like grasshoppers to them. We see, our, we see ourselves as grasshoppers to them. And then they say this, and that's how they see us. Really? Did you stop and ask the giants? Hey, we're that group of people that came out of captivity from Egypt, we're the ones that want to come and take your land. What do you think about us, right? You're grasshoppers. We're going to squash you. Where did that come from? came from a thought somewhere. Maybe one of the 10 to the other nine said something like, man, we're like grasshoppers on their side, and I bet it's exactly how they see us. And all of a sudden, that thought got not only into the 10, right? They never talked to the giant people. They never said to the enemy one thing. And all of a sudden, yeah, that's how they see us. They see us as grasshoppers. And what did it do? It changed the course of direction for the whole entire group of people. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Instead of eating milk and honey, they ate the fruit of a seed that had been planted wrongly in their mind. And it kept a whole generation out. What, what are you eating today? Are you eating milk and honey? Or are you eating the fruit from a seed a thought that had been planted in your mind by the enemy. Because that's eventually what it'll come to if you are not able to deal with that. So what is the enemy planted in your life? We asked that question already. And it'll be around one of these five things. I didn't put this in your live notes. You can write this down, but it'll be around one of these five things. Will it be around fear? Will it be around worry? Will it be around temptation? Will it be around a lack of value, I'm not worthy? Will it be around uncertainty? I don't know what to do. Chances are, whatever that thought is in your mind, and that's important, we'll get back to this in a second, it'll be wrapped around that. Now listen, here's what I want you to know. Your heavenly father doesn't put uncertainty in your life. Your heavenly father does not put that you're not valuable in your life. Your heavenly father doesn't tempt you with sin. The Bible says that, he does not tempt you with sin. Your heavenly father doesn't want you to worry And your heavenly father is trying to free you from fear. So if there's fear on your battlefield, worry on on your battlefield, temptation on your battlefield of your mind, I'm not good enough, uncertainty on your battlefield, the enemy has showed up and planted a seed in the battlefield of your mind. It is not from God. So he doesn't do that. And it may have been sitting there for a long time. And you can see the promised land, but you don't think you can get the victory. And here's the problem. And here's what I want this series to be about. The average Christian does not know what to do with the seed the enemy has planted in their minds. The average Christian does not know what to do about the seed that the enemy has planted in their minds. Because we think if I just come to church and, and I pray enough or I hope it to be gone or whatever, it's not, there's a little bit more to it. But we need to learn that so we don't allow that to produce fruit that we don't need to be eating. And the message is not how to get the power. I said Superhero Sunday coming up for the kids. We're looking for the superpower to overcome the thought of the moment. This isn't a message about the superpower to overcome the thought. This is simply a message of the gospel of Jesus. It's the same message for everything in our life. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He died to be the ultimate sacrifice. He went and stormed the gates of hell and defeated death, hell, and the grave. He rose up from the grave, the first of the resurrected ones, and gave power to his people because the battle had already been won, and his people need to stand from a place of victory, not try to get to victory. Amen? It's the gospel message. It's not change. It will never change. There's not a superpower you can ask for or seek. It's already been done. We don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory to our place of victory. So that's where our thoughts have to come from. And we'll talk about how do we do that in our mind in just a moment. Let's look at Genesis 3, 15, going back to our story uh, from the beginning in the Bible. And after all this happened, of course, we know the story. They eventually get kicked out of the garden. But here's verse 15, and I love this verse. So God is saying, I'll put enmity between you. He's talking, he's actually, he's rebuked already Adam and Eve. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to work, sweat, the brow. There's going to be pain in childbirth, some other things. Now he's addressing the enemy. I'll put enmity between you and the woman. and And between your offspring and hers. Now listen to this, one. I love this. And he will crush your head. The offspring of Eve, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. You know, here's what I find very interesting to me. The enemy got in Eve's head. So God caused Eve's offspring to crush the enemy's head. I love that. You know, God will always go further than the enemy ever can, right? You think the enemy's coming at you in one way. God's going to come above and beyond, right? And he's going to come and turn that into victory. And I love it. So the enemy got into Eve's head. But God was going to send Eve's offspring, which would be Jesus, is sort of referring to, to crush the enemy's head. So we fight from that place, that victory that Jesus won when he crushed the head of the enemy. There's going to be a war between our offspring and the serpent. And here's how it will end. He will crush your head. (laughs) That's how it ended. The serpent got into Eve's head. And so God caused the offspring of Eve to crush his right in the first few pages. First few pages of the Bible, Jesus is going to, Win the victory. The victory will be ultimately won by Jesus, who will crush the head of the serpent. 1 Corinthians 15:57. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory through the one who crushed the head of the enemy. He crushed it, we win. Now, if you break that scripture down and you look at the word victory, could you keep that scripture back up on the screen, please? If you break that down and you look at the word victory in the Greek, it's not talking about just like a, like a victory as in winning a battle. It literally means conquest. It means he didn't just win the battle. He defeated everything about the enemy. Conqueror, not just battle won, but conquest. Everything about the enemy, Has been conquered. It was a conquest of the enemy, not just winning a fight. Come on, somebody. So, but thanks be to God, He gives us a conquest, victory over everything the enemy has, not just a battle for a moment. Conquest, conquering all the enemy. The battle has been won, we've been liberated. So, Jesus storms the gates of hell, crushes the enemy's head, conquers him, and we live in that place of victory or conquest. Now you can come to that place. The highest price was paid to establish victory. Jesus on the cross himself said, it is finished. Conquest. I'm defeating everything about the enemy. I'm defeating everything about the enemy. Come on, someone. I'm defeating everything about the enemy. The mindset is to move forward from victory to victory. From victory to victory. That's the mindset God invites you and I to embrace all the days of our lives. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, we got to move. Okay, here we go. For though we live in the world, we not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have divine power. We have divine power. Works beyond your ability. Works beyond the natural. Does what you can't do. Goes beyond where you can go. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge against what? The knowledge of God. What you're thinking about? What did the enemy come to Eve and say? Come on. Did God really say that? He tested her knowledge of God. How did he place a thought in her mind? He placed a seed about the knowledge of God in her mind. Now she answered correctly, but she dwelled on it on the wrong seed. She knew what God had said, but that seed caused her to question her knowledge of God. That's what the enemy's still trying to do today. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The enemy puts thoughts in your head, testing your knowledge of God. Now you can have the captivity, you can have the captivity in in Christ to win the, you can have the ability, I'm sorry, in Christ to win the battle of your mind. We're going to talk about this scripture in the context in our few remaining minutes. So let's talk about how do you take captive those thoughts? How do you take captive those thoughts? Let me say this, and it's going to sound strong when I say it. No one can do it for you. I can't do it for you. I got my own thoughts to take captive of, and I have good days and bad days but no one can do it for you. So step up and take some responsibility and walk in the victory of the conquest Jesus already has. Walk in the power and walk in the authority. I'm not gonna handhold around here about this. He's already finished it on the cross. He stormed the gates of hell for you. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He came out and gave the keys of the kingdom to the church. He's the first of the resurrected of the dead. He's resurrected your life if you've given it to him. And he's empowered you to walk out life from a place of his victory into your own victory He's conquered the enemy. No one can do it for you. You have to take those thoughts captive. How do you do that? First thing you do is you identify the thoughts. You know why you need to do that? Because we're so agreeable with everything. We're Christians. We're agreeable people. Now, I get that to a point, but there's some things we don't agree with. We don't agree with a lot of what's going on politically. Not because it's political, because it goes against the Bible. Why are Christians being agreeable to non-biblical things? So we, we are the same way in our own mind. We've, we've come to places of compromise. We've come to places of just letting people walk over us or whatever. We're agreeable to too much that we shouldn't be agreeable to. And it starts with thoughts in our head. We're agreeable to too many stinking thoughts that we shouldn't be agreeable to. You're not that way. He didn't create you that way. He already defeated that. He doesn't see you that way. He's got better for you. You're thinking at times we're thinking we're worthless and we're so agreeable. Well, maybe I am right now, but I'm not always this way. Well, if you went through what I went through, you'd be worthless too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know, we, we feel that way, right? I mean, I put, put it in whatever, whatever word you want. Or how about this? How about a little bit of grace? How about a little mercy, buddy? You don't know what I've been through. How about some compassion? Why don't we first identify the thought before we let it pitch a tent and camp out in our mind? Where did it come from? Does your heavenly father want you to know you're worthless? Did he storm the gates of hell because you're worthless? Did he go to the cross because you're worthless? Did he come up out of the grave again? Wrong. He didn't because of that. He did it because you're valuable. Because he's got a plan and purpose for your life because you're worth it. And you need to ask, does your heavenly father Think that way. And the second thing you need to ask is, is it in line with God's Word? Is that in line with God's Word? God, God's Word says, I'm chosen. I'm adopted. I'm a son or daughter. I, I'm a king. That not like worthless to me. Sons and daughters and kings, that's not worthless talking. They're not worthless. So it didn't come from God. It doesn't line up with the word of God. So what do I have to do? I have to bind it in Jesus' name. So second thing you do, first thing you do thoughts is you need to identify the thought. Second thing you need to do is you need to bind the thoughts. Bind the thoughts. That sounds like some old Pentecostal church, right? Bind them. Bind it up. Bind it up, right? You've been there, right? We're going to bind the devil up today. Well, yes, we are. We're going to bind the devil up. We're going to wrap those negative thoughts. We're going to wrap those thoughts that are not of God. We're going to wrap those thoughts that don't come in line with the word of God. And we're going to wrap them in the word of God or the truth. We're going to bind them up in the authority we have as believers. And we're going to bind them up in the truth of God's word. Binding things, not some supernatural, Pentecostal, old term, old churchy word. It simply means wrap it up in the truth of God's word. Wrap it up in the authority that you've been given through the work of Jesus Christ. Bind those thoughts. You gotta, you use the name that is power. The name of Jesus. You gotta use the authority given you. You gotta use the name that every demon in hell trembles when it's said. You gotta say right away, you didn't come from God. You didn't line up with the word of God. Therefore, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind this thought and where it comes from and it can go back to hell where it came from. Is that okay to say that that way? In fact, like, okay, okay. I'm say go to hell, right? It's like that. Thoughts, those thoughts, not people, go to, right? Trying to save people from hell. This is called making thoughts obedient to Christ. Bind them with the word, with the truth. It's some, some translations say take captive. It's one of two things that are gonna happen. You're gonna take the thought captive, or it's gonna take you captive. But the reality is, it's not the enemy taking you captive, it's you putting yourself in a self imposed captivity. Because the enemy has no power over you. But if you give place to that thought and let it become the dominant thing, and you don't bind it up with the power and authority of Jesus and wrap it in truth, you've just placed yourself, you have, because he doesn't have greater power than you have. He doesn't have authority. He has no power greater than the name of Jesus. So you've placed yourself in a self-imposed captivity. So you can either bind that thought or or you can allow it to bind you. But you got to wrap it in Truth you bind the thought that didn't come from God, that doesn't lie up with the word of God in the name of Jesus and truth. That's what Jesus did when he was tested in the wilderness. The enemy took him out to the wilderness and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off this highest point. And the angels will swoop down and not let your feet hit the ground. And he said, you can't tempt me. Thus say the Lord. You don't tempt, tempt the Lord your God. What did he do? He wrapped that thought in the truth of God's word. So when you get a thought, I got a thought right now because it sounds like I'm, a little congested right now, but I'm going to wrap it, and by his stripes, I am healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to wrap it in the truth of God's word. I'm going to wrap when I feel like the enemy says, man, you're you're worthless. I'm going to wrap it. I am not worthless. I am a son of the living God. I'm going to wrap it in the truth of God's word. you got to bind it with Jesus' name and truth. How are you going to bind every thought and take it captive? You're going to have to learn some truth, i got to tell you. Well, I don't don't have time to read the Bible. Well, guess what? You got nothing to bind that negative thought within. And you can try and pray it away all day, but you got to take it captive. Guess what? You're headed to self-imposed captivity. So you need to spend time knowing the truth, learn the truth, read the Bible, learn the truth, learn the truth, read the Bible. You need something to bind it with. And the last thing is, first thing was identify the thought. Second thing was bind the thought. And this is change the thought. I'll use the verbiage, change the narrative, but because I'm a preacher, I had to have them all bind. I had them all run the same way, right? Bind the thought, change, change the thought. There's a narrative being played in your head and you can control it. You can control it. You can change your thoughts. Change what you're thinking about. I'm stuck in this place. You can change and be unstuck. You control the narrative. You control your thoughts. You control the playlist of your thought life. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Control your thoughts. Let me say this. You don't get up in the morning and sit back and say, I don't know what kind of thoughts are coming my way today. Well if you do you've already lost. Cuz most of us the negativity has already happened before we even got out of bed. The enemy has already set the course for our thoughts before we get out of bed for most of us. But I'm telling you what when you put your feet on the floor you need to control the narrative. You don't wait for circumstances to change. Here's some narratives. I you know I I cuz I love you and I've been so I've been gone for a few weeks and I felt bad so I did some homework for you. This week only? <laughs> So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think when you get up in the morning. Here it is. You can go to Live Notes and get it on Live Notes. But on Monday, let me even give you the, the thoughts. My God knows my name. Monday, when you get out of bed... Here's what you say, my God knows my name. It comes from Isaiah 43, one. I have called you by your name and you are mine. Tuesday, let me give you the thoughts for Tuesday and get to bed. My God goes before me. Wherever I go today, He's already gone before me. Whatever meeting I have, He's already been there. Whatever encounter I have, He's already been there. He's been there before I left the house. He, he's there when I get home before I go to bed. Isaiah 42, 13 on Wednesday. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 13. I don't know, whatever you're happening that day does not matter. Whatever thought comes your way, you take that thought and you wrap in the truth. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength today. You say it from the first you get up in the morning to the time you lay your head on the pillow at night. Thursday, how about this one? My present suffering pales in comparison to my future glory. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to always be this way. Romans eight eighteen. Friday, how about this one? No weapon formed against me will prosper. Put your feet on the floor in the morning and you control your thoughts for the day no matter what happens. That's your narrative for the day, Isaiah 54, 17. How about Saturday? I am a child of God. I am. I don't care what anybody says about me today. I don't care what I feel about myself. If a negative thought says I'm nobody, nothing, I am a child of God. Romans 8:16. wrap it up in the truth of God's Word. And how about this? We all come to church next week with this thought. Here's our narrative next. Here's our narrative for next Sunday. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in me. Come on, let's all come to church with that narrative next Sunday. Let's all come to church with that thought dominating our mind. Come on. We're coming to church next Sunday. I'm ready. that's the same power that is Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me today. Imagine what God will do in and through all of us in that moment. Change your thoughts so you to identify the thoughts. Is that a thought God would think about you? does that line up with God's word? Secondly, you got to bind the thoughts with the name of Jesus, the name, power, and authority of Jesus and wrap it in the truth of God's word. That's what it means to bind it up. And then finally, change the thoughts. You control the narrative. The devil doesn't. He's a defeated foe. Jesus stormed the gates of hell. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave and rose up in resurrection power. And he gave you and I the victory. I want to close with this last story. And I know we're probably going to run over a little bit, but I've been saving up for five weeks. So give me a few minutes extra, right? Come on. I want to go back to the story about the Promised Land, because I think this is so important. We talked about the Promised Land and the ten spies, and they had a negative thought when they saw that they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the enemy's sight, and then they just assumed because the thought got planted there that that's how the enemy saw them. Well, they're wandering the wilderness for forty years; a generation dies off, the young kids grow up. Now it's time to get into the Promised Land. So here's the next generation. So now Joshua's leading the children of Israel because Moses has died at this point in time. So he sends two spies to Jericho, the city on the other side of the river. And those two spies go and find a woman named Rahab. And Rahab had heard about them, heard about their God. So she hides them from the soldiers trying to find them. And Rahab says this to them, what took you so long? Like, what are you talking about? You mean Rahab, you don't see me as a grasshopper? Rahab didn't say, you little puny grasshoppers, we're going to stomp on you. We're going to crush you. You know what she said? What took you so long? We have our hearts melted when we heard you were out there. We heard what your God did when he parted the Red Sea. We heard how powerful and great your God is. We've been shaking in fear. And those two spies had to look at themselves and say, we grew up as little kids thinking about we were, they saw us as grasshoppers. You mean we wandered the wilderness begging for manna when we could have been eating the fruit of the promised land? We had to eat the seed of our own negative thought that we believed was greater than our God? All this time, all these years, we could have walked in if we just would have had a different thought, taken that captive and believed what God said. This is your land. Take the land that have it for you and for your children and your descendants. Land along with milk and honey. You'll live in homes you didn't build. You'll eat from farms you didn't plant. All because of a thought. All the while the enemy was shaking in his boots. Your enemy is shaking in his boots. All he can hope is you'll believe a thought that's not true. But if you will identify that thought immediately, don't let it roll around and bounce around in your head. And if you will bind that thought with the authority and power of Jesus as a believer and then wrap it in the truth of God's Word and if you'll change your thoughts, God has a different story for you, a different narrative if you'll just change your thinking you'll walk in the fruit of the promised land instead of eating the fruit of the negative seed because God is a good and faithful God every head bowed, every eye closed my heart my hope today it's just to get us set for the truth of God's word to change the way we think we don't have to live the way that the world lives but we have to know that we can't let thoughts just bounce around and have life in our head we have to identify them is this what God would really say a God that we love, that loves us let's just line up with his word we have to bind him use the name of Jesus there is no greater name Walk in the authority is no greater authority. And we need to change the thoughts. Say what God says. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.